Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. That's Nick. You can find us at the Hyperclean Specialist Group on Facebook. And Nick, I don't know about you. Well, actually, I do know because you said about five seconds ago, you guys have already started back to school. For us here in the Midwest, it's back to school. Everybody is in a flurry. What were you up to this weekend? School shopping or out and about cruising around laughing at everybody's school shopping? Uh, out and about. Actually, yesterday, I uh, did a little track day. And so oh. with one of my clients, he uh, took some of his cars out to the track and we had a good time, but no, I'm not dealing with the back to school stuff just yet. Not old enough just yet. So, uh, yeah, we've been back to school, I believe a couple of weeks out here. So, uh, you know, we're, we're just trying to get ahead of, uh, you and Tulsa there, bud. It ain't hard. It ain't hard. We're, <laughs> we're 40, 48th in education next to Arkansas, yeah, and Mississippi. So, you know, we're pretty you. close to that. Yeah. They're not, <laughs> they're not real keen on an education out here either. So I don't know. So what'd you drive? Did you get to drive stuff at the track or they just brought yep. you along to, to wipe them no. down after they took them out? No, I uh, took a C8 Corvette out, uh, caught the brakes on fire, which is pretty, you know, pretty standard to be honest with you, but I was surprised in that car. Uh, took a couple cool cars out besides that, but yeah, no, had a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we just got a lot of humidity out here right now. It's monsoon season, whatever that means in the desert, but we've been getting a lot of rain and, you know, uh, not in the 115, it's like, you know, 103 with humidity and, uh, out here it's, it's, uh, not very pleasant to be in a race suit or anything like that. So no, I had a good time, but you know, so you keep the little bag inside there in case you need it or what's that go? How no, do you do come that? on, Marty. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm just barely in my forties. Marty's deep in his forties. So he's got, he's dealing with different issues over there. <laughs> talk about race suits that's all i know there we go hey so i thought the most interesting post of the week uh in the group was uh a little vehicle billy picked up the miata with only 3800 miles yeah wow crazy but how incredible was that find yeah no it's incredible and and those are really capable vehicles too so if you like to really drive and have a good time i mean those can be souped up to an unbelievable level yeah it was incredible to see that he got that mm -hmm. yeah i really used to roll around on miata my buddies I never we all believe this yeah, by the way this is so believable it's my unbelievable miata. <laughs> yeah i had yeah. a need for speed every once in a while on a go-kart it was a lot of fun yeah all right, you buying sure. or selling what are you doing actually i am buying this week uh had to deal with some passport stuff on Saturday. So got to get some things in order. I'm um, heading overseas next year. And uh, I'm a big fan of what's happened here. I'm sure it's happened everywhere. Same thing for my last DMV experience. It's the same thing with this. Now that everything's appointment, you don't really have the old issues of the government buildings out here. It's like you have an appointment. I mean, I showed up. I had a 215 appointment. By 2.20, my passport was handled. DMV last time. Now, they operate more of like your doctor's office. Corona you know, your doctor, fixed you, the DMV? Are you kidding me? They fi no, no, I'm not saying they fixed officials. it. But Is that what you what just we, said? What we used to have, especially when I lived in Southern California and then out here, the population's so big and so dense that the DMV couldn't get you out. I mean, it takes hours. Okay. I know it may be different in different parts. Like when I lived in Ohio, the DMV was no big deal. The DMV is a big deal out here because it's like an all day event. So now you have an appointment, but they operate a lot like your doctor's office. You know how your doctor gives you a two 30 appointment and then walks in the room at like three 15. Cause he's just, you know, overbooked. It's sort of like that here, but instead of when you make an appointment, instead of being like an hour or two wait, you might wait 30 minutes. And so the DMV is not fixed. I'm just saying it's better. So I'm buying what we have ha happening out here is they're basically saying you're not going into any government building without an appointment. So you're either scheduled to be here or you shouldn't be here. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of DMV, I will need to go there very soon. I think both my vehicles are scheduled that by the end of this month, I got to get some tags. So You can't renew your tags at a kiosk. See, we can do that like in a grocery store at the kiosk and it just prints right out. 
Uh, Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> um, Too busy over there going out in the mud in your trucks. <laughs> yeah, mm. I'm not sure what you mean, kiosk. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means exactly. <laughs> we talked to a person behind a counter. Is that what you mean? Oh wow, man! No, we can print <laughs> our tags right at the grocery store. Basically, they go next. <laughs> All right. I can't tell what I'm buying or selling. I'll let everybody pick for me is actually what I'm going to do today. Uh, I mentioned back to school shopping. That was what uh, basically I got kind of informed of what the weekend was going to entail. Right. We celebrated my mom's birthday yesterday. Uh, Her birthday actually is today. 79 years young. Congrats, mom. Uh, But Overall, we had to plan for back to school and was informed that we'll be going back to school shopping. Turns out the stores that uh, they wanted to go to just happened to be all at one location. I was super excited until I found out that that location started with an M and ends with an L and in the middle is an A and another L. Okay, cool. No problem. Going to the mall. No worries. Just make sure to be planned for hours and hours and then I know that I get to, and everybody else who goes to the mall, you know this to be true. There's one facet to the mall. You positively know that every time you go, you will get amazing Chinese food. Something about the mall and Chinese food. I don't That's know why. That's not eat Chinese food, but all right. I, I don't know why. Every mall has Chinese buffet, and then you go and pick like two or three little items and it gets on a plate. And it's always the most amazing Chinese food. I don't know. The MSGs are higher there. I'm not sure. So I'm pumped because I know that I at least get some really great Chinese food, which I did have. And I would get a pretzel, which I did have, right? Two key benefits of going to the mall. The part that I'm wondering about if I should sell or buy because of the pure humor of it was as you're walking through the mall, there's always these people and we're walking in and there's somebody pushing in a stroller with a small little dog. Yeah, the, the dog thing is, it is getting to a weird place. No doubt about that. The other lady probably should have had her dog in a stroller. But as you can all know, this is the mall. It's crowded. It's back to school shopping. It's very crowded. And we're walking through. I got a nice fat belly. I'm happy. And I hear, oh, shit. He just took a shit in the middle. And that's all I heard as I'm trying to see what it just, it's something I heard that caught and I look over and it's this lady holding a little dog, talking on her cell phone, running frantically the other way. So what goes through your mind? I hear, oh shit, he just took a shit in the middle. And I go, what, the store? And I look at the store and then I go, "Uh uh-oh, sure enough. I mean, we're talking so many people, you have no idea where it's going to be. And you just hope that the next couple steps, and then I see it. I go, okay, cool. And I move her out of the way, and I get out of the way. And it was round, hard balls that were brown sitting on the ground. And you just go, wow, lady, really? You're going to take off? Somebody's about to step all over this in the middle of the mall and go, <laughs> Yeah, what? what is going on with people? I mean, I never even saw, unless it was a service animal in my life, I never saw the animal thing. I mean, that is a recent last decade problem, and it really popped out of nowhere. Look, it's cool to love your dog, love your cat, whatever. I'm not a cat guy. If you own cats, whatever. But the dog thing is now to a point where it's like, leave them at the house. I mean, as detailers, we can all agree. You got to take your car, your dog to the vet or you're going to go out of town. You got to board the dog. Those are two really great reasons to put your dog in the car. But the amount of dog hair we find in some people's cars, it's like leave Fido the F at home. Okay. Why is Fido always in your car? You know what I mean? Why are you always with your dog? You can't leave your dog at home. Doesn't your dog nap like 20 hours a day? Leave, leave him at home. He'll be fine. Trust me. Maybe not. Fido really? had to be at the mall with everybody else taking shit so everybody can yeah, step on it. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, and, and by the way, the fact that they, she didn't get stopped coming into the mall is the real problem. Well, the real problem is it got this far. Pick, like, you're too embarrassed that your dog took a crap in the middle yep. of the floor 
and you don't have the respect to clean it up for people or at least tell people to hold on. I mean, let me go get something. Yeah. People like, would have. Yeah. Instead, you want to run the other way. Yeah. Somebody should have tripped her. Yeah, you should have right. just stuck your foot out and been like, oh, my fault. Should have. Definitely. All right. So as I mentioned earlier, listen, I, I have had moments where I've enjoyed speed a little bit, right? Like, well, for the most part, I've always just been a chill driver, always been either a truck, a Jeep. I did own a Honda Accord for a brief moment, but for the most part, I've just never been into cars. Were, what flipped for you? Because you were a Jeep guy and then you got into cars and speed. Was there, was there a moment you sat down in a car, you shifted, you heard that? I, listen, I still love, which one day I do want to have that, you know, as the boost kicks and everything goes oh, yeah. and you're shifting gears and that blows off and hisses. Like, I would still love to have that sound sometime, but yeah. I never could do it. And what, was there a moment that, that hit it for you that you're like, okay, I'm into speed now? Being able to afford it. I mean, that's probably when things changed. I mean, the Jeep that I had out of the gate was not really what you would call high quality uh, automobile. It was more of a rust bucket, but I don't know. My dad late, like it was probably like the late nineties bought, the Lexus LS 400, you know, which was like one of the most overbuilt luxury cars at the time. It's the car they used to have the commercial where they put a wine glass on the engine and start it. And the wine glass wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't move because it was so quiet, but it had a massive engine and a lot of fun to drive. No, I, you know, look, I grew up riding dirt bikes. I grew up, you know, with a bunch of land in my family, you know, my grandfather, stuff like that. So three wheelers, four wheelers. I just think that's where it comes from right? Like I got buddies I can think of now that I rode four wheelers with and dirt bikes with, and they're not super into speed now, right? Like it just didn't catch them. Uh, for me, it's probably access. You know, the fact that I'm in detailing and I have customers that have those cars and, you know, if I didn't have access, would I be paying for track days? No, I wouldn't. Um, it, it is a super fun thing to do, but again, you know, I enjoy learning how to properly drive a car. And for those that don't know, one of the best driving schools in the nation is basically west of Las Vegas, about 40 minutes. Um, you know, they people fly in to learn from these guys. And I mean, it's a high level speedway. And these guys teach a lot of top end drivers. And so that's where we were yesterday. I guess it's access. You know, I'm not going to go out of my way. But as soon as somebody says, hey, do you want to come to a track day and drive around? I'm like, well, of course you know, especially when it doesn't cost me anything other than the gas to get there. So I, I don't know. I think you're just born with it too. You know, there's some people that are into it and there's some people that aren't, and it doesn't seem to be that there's much middle ground there. Yeah. Agreed. I'd, I'd never have really, like I said, maybe one day I'd, I'd like to have it for a little bit, but just never really cared about speed. Yeah, no, it, it, I get it. Like I said, it's, it's one or the other. That's what it's always seemed like in my life. Somebody either loves it or they, they hate it. All right, so speaking of speed and speaking of car life, I do got to know, though, because I imagine as fast as you like to drive, are you the kind of guy that you've always got your foot, your left foot on the, the brake a little bit, and you're, you're revving that brake almost all the way up until the, st the, the stoplight? Or do you – those people are what kill me, right? Like, yeah, they're racing awesome. so fast to get to the stoplight to slam on their brakes as hard yeah. as they can. It's like – no, I always say there's there's an intelligence to driving that some people don't have, right? So they get a fast car. You see this a lot with the SRT crowd, right? They got a Dodge SRT, whatever. They, they've spent their hard-earned money. The Mustang guy, this crowd seems to be the ones that don't understand how stoplights work and where are the places <laughs> to speed. That's the like, new that's one, what the it, SRT guy. There's yeah. now going to be an SRT guy. <laughs> Like, right. I mean, I mean, again, cool car. I'm glad you got it. But do you not know how, I mean, I know you drive around here. I see you all the time. What are you confused by with these stoplights? You're not going to get to the next one. You're just going to, so it's knowing where to speed. It's knowing how to speed, you know, in Vegas and Oklahoma, there's plenty of freeway, you know, go speed on the freeway. Like, why are we speeding on a 35 street when you're hitting a light every 10 seconds and you're not going to get to the next one quick enough? Cause we've all been down this road a thousand times. So that there is a science to understanding how to drive that, that some people either understand or they don't. And especially around the city and Vegas is probably one of the worst about it. I mean, we just have 
so many drivers from so many different places. They've all been raised differently. You know, that's why we give so many accidents out here. I mean, it's just a bad place to drive. All right. So let's go over a couple of things. I want to get your take on this will be interesting as maintenance detailing continues to explode to the industry as being the main heartbeat, the way that the industry will continue to evolve and grow through how people clean cars, maintaining cars is really the heartbeat of the way that we both believe and have been building our careers and encouraging people to not only have their car maintenance detailed, but also to offer maintenance detailing. It has been absolutely insane as I have <laughs> over the past years been vocal and vocal why maintenance is important, why keeping your car, getting people's cars cleaned weekly or bike weekly is so important. But inside of maintenance detailing, there's some differences. You mentioned the science of driving. There's, there's a little bit inside of maintenance detailing. There's a little bit of different science of the way you might do your process. Some people like to, and this is a, an interesting one, you go to door jam and clean door jams, right? Some people are going to say power wash. Some people are going to say use a rinse. There's going to be different sciences, different yeah. ways that they want to do it. Are you a door jam guy? Are you going to spray it down with a power washer? pre-treat it with some APC or some TRX. So, I, I mean, I, I'm good with that. I love doing okay. it that way, but what, what's your take? Okay. So if we're talking about true maintenance clients, unless they're out doing, you know, something crazy, why do you find the need for this heavy cleaning? If it's being cleaned on a regular basis, you should have a pretty clean door jam, right? So what I, what we do is we treat the door jams like we treat the exterior paint, you know, during our wash process, the way we use our pressure washer, we're going we're gonna to go down in the cracks from the exterior, uh, shoot the pressure washer into the crack, pressure washer into the crack, then go to the next door. But I find this an interesting conversation about maintenance. APCs, TRX, those types of things, heavy pressure washers are usually saved for those vehicles that aren't maintained, you know, to me. That's when door jams are really in bad shape. Our door jams stay in pretty relatively great shape, and we apply slick at the end to clean up all door jams and everything as one of our final steps of our maintenance detail. So we treat it just like the exterior paint. But again, I'm confused. If somebody's on maintenance, I'm just not sure how heavy you need to clean those jams as more, much as you need to treat them as if you're doing the rest of the car. Yeah, it's just those couple one-offs every once in a while where somebody actually abused their vehicle yeah. in a sense. Yeah, so I would out. be TRX. Yeah. I would be TRX. Uh, TRX is talking, such a good... But talking yeah. maintenance, right? Maintenance, you really shouldn't need that strong of a product. You really shouldn't even, even need an APC. No. Should be able to, if it's being cleaned every week, you really shouldn't even shouldn't even have to have that discussion. Yeah, no. And I actually, we have a, an assessment that I've done my whole career where I can tell how well a car is taken care of by the gas cap and the door jams, right? If I open up the gas door and I go, hmm, because I always find it funny in the detailing community when people are like, you know, did you even detail this spot? And it's like, uh, ours just stays looking good. So I, I mean, you're doing something that we don't do. I, I take pride in the fact that if somebody's going to fill up their car, it looks like the first day they got the car at all times, 24 seven. So, you know, that's kind of a level of pride for us is like, I don't want somebody to open up their gas cap and be like, you know, wow, this is in terrible shape. I want it to look perfect like the rest of the car. And I think door jams fit the same for me. Old school door jams are way different. Now you have so many pieces of plastic you have so many areas that look good all the time, regardless if they're taken care of. If you can't keep jams looking good now, man, you would have hated detailing cars from the 90s because those those were horrible. Where you go, right, right. And they oh. were heavy doors. Yeah. Oh, heavy. No doubt. Uh, all right. Here's one. Should I, if I'm doing maintenance detailing and I've got bugs on the front of my car that I've got to do a maintenance detail on, should I just spray a really harsh product on so that I know that I can just power wash it right off? Or should I actually put down a, a mitt? Should I use something that's safe, like a hyperclean bug, maybe the scrub monster or a mitt or a towel and put some agitation on the vehicle 
or should I spray something harsh and expect to just power wash it off? Yeah, we get this question a lot, right? And, and what people don't realize, there's a, there's a real separation in our bug cleaner from everybody else on the market. And, and you've kind of talked about this before, you know, caustic, which is an ingredient in degreasers is basically the ingredient in 99.9% .9 of bug cleaners. The issue becomes how many of you would spray a harsh degreaser all over your car's paint, your car's trim, your car's uh, plastic, if I just said it that way? The answer is virtually, I mean, we asked this question in a group not too long ago, and oh, I would never do that. But they wanted to use a harsh bug cleaner. And so because our, our industry, and look, let's take some blame on ourselves here, doesn't do a very good job of educating how chemicals are made up. People look at a bug cleaner that they spray and, and it just peels bugs off and they go, man, this thing works great, but it's going to screw up your trim. It's going to, you know, the new Bronco is the perfect example. It's got that intricate design. You start burning that black, like plastic slash paint. Slash, I mean, it's going to look so bad that you're going to have to replace it or have it repainted. So if I spray a harsh bug cleaner and it reacts with the bugs, but I don't get it off there in time and it starts to stain and it starts to etch and it starts to leave that, that, that degreaser looking run, what do you do? And so this is where our bug cleaner is, is something that you should use, right? Which is it's polymer based, which adds lubrication and protection to the area and allows you to still peel away bugs. But if you have stubborn bugs, it allows you to safely remove them with light agitation, but there's no risk of this adverse degreasing like effect, which everybody has seen all over cars and don't realize that, that an improperly formulated bug cleaner is the same exact thing as a harsh degreaser. Yeah. And here's one that, that is interesting. I think uh, I found interesting. I think it's, it's not just in maintenance detailing. So I'll preface it by saying that way, we find it also in more, uh, you know, some higher volume that's maybe doing some deep uh, cleanings. Let's call it an auction or maybe a dealership or some type of high volume store. I don't really ever remember those guys looking at the labels much. Kind of like, hey, just tell me how to use it and I'll get it done. Yeah. The interesting part seems to be, like I said, it's not so much just maintenance or not, but Seems to be in a lot of we're seeing now of guys getting in and they're really curious. They don't know how to use stuff if it if it's not spelled out on a label. What's your take? Just didn't have that opportunity when I got into the business, right? You you learned the basics of chemicals and then you were thrown to the wolves. Go figure it out. Uh, I get it. You know, now guys want to be walked through the process and this and that, and that's what they say, but you know, we find a lot of people don't read what we write on the website. They don't, they don't go and do their homework and that's their choice. But, you know, I think every company like ours is seeing the same thing where the customer today has such a high expectation that everybody's going to do the legwork for you, right? Like everybody's going to spell out exactly the situation you're sitting in on some label. Well, if we did that for TRX, our label would be seven miles long right? We can't spell out everything. It's just not possible. And so again, knowing the basis of products and knowing the basis of something like an APC, a TRX or revive and how it works, you know, we get asked all the time about revive. Oh, you know, protection, protection. Hey man, this is built to leave the cleanest surface we can leave this. You know what I mean? Like we can't make it any clearer than that. We don't want to leave anything behind with this product for a simple reason. We want to give the ability to have the cleanest surface possible. And when you leave protection behind, sometimes that's not possible, right? That, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It just means for people looking for the cleanest surface, Revive is there, right? They're looking for that matte look. They're looking for that natural look. And so we have an interesting dichotomy. Like you said, everybody's looking for things to be spelled out on a label. I can tell you this. I haven't picked up anybody's product from the major players uh, to, to the people been around the longest. You can't spell everything out on a label, man. It just it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, true. Here's one that I find uh, well, very very, what do they say, slapping in your face type of sense, right? Like glaring, very glaring that you can't get over. 
is the question, is maintenance too expensive? Hmm. Right? Like, let's preface a little bit. Let's preface into it. Does maintaining a car on a weekly or biweekly basis cost more in the long term than not doing it and just fixing something later when you have an issue? Yeah. There's no doubt that probably in the long run, you're going to spend more on maintenance than you would to just have a paint correction or, you know, somebody go in and deep clean. But remember, you also experience that car in bad shape for 85% of your ownership, right? You were stepping on crumbs, you were stepping on dirt, you were touching a dirty steering wheel, you were looking in your rear view and there was fingerprints all, all over your mirror. So I buy a, a an S550 Benz. Yeah, maybe in the long run, if I just want to get it ready for sale or to turn my lease back in, I just have somebody buzz over it with a polisher, go through the interior with a steam cleaner and, a, and a, an extractor, and I can bring it back to life. But I also rode around in a dirty, crappy-looking vehicle for the two years that I had it. So what's the purpose of buying the vehicle at that point? Right. I mean, we're not talking about a, a 1986 Honda Civic. We're talking about people paying 60, 70, 100, 200, $300,000 for cars these days. Like it's nothing. Walk me through the sense of, hey, man, I just spent 85 grand on my Ford Platinum truck and I want to drive around with it looking like crap. I mean, I never thought I'd ever be telling anybody that a truck cost $85,000. I still can't believe people pay $85,000 for a fucking truck. To be honest with you, they're mental. I, I The truck guy is just out of this world to me. Worst driving experience. The worst experience in cars is trucks. And they're like, yeah, man, here's my hundred grand. Like, And then they want to drive around looking beat up. So to me, it's a great age old question you have, but we also leave out, don't I want to experience my car how I bought it? Clean. Uh, I can see out my windshield. <laughs> you know, it's not all fogged up. I mean. I think that's the that's the real question to me. I, I don't want to drive around a vehicle that I'm not proud of. Yes. How do we want to experience our car life in a sense? Why shouldn't we drive around in a clean vehicle if we did pay a hundred thousand dollars for it? If we paid fifty, right? If we paid twenty five, right? Like, agreed. Why would we ride around in a nasty vehicle? I say this is glaring uh, because, well, something that happened to me last week. I thought this would be a fun little story for us to go over and see where we can all well have a little bit of understanding for situations and then gain some nourishment in a sense of mental knowledge of how we can go about it right so let's build the story up a little bit giving listeners an understanding of who we're talking about so white range rover that came in last week 2021 um nice not 2022 apologize 2022 um, they had had it for a little bit and the problem that they had been experiencing was, well, their maintenance detailer wasn't always available on call when they needed them. This customer has a, a house in other States. They're usually gone quite a bit on trips. They like to live other places than Oklahoma. Don't blame them. And Sometimes they come back and they go, hey, we need my cars cleaned. Well, we're, we're not available. Come to find out, they actually lost their housekeeper this way. So people that were trying to service them, well, we just couldn't do it anymore because we couldn't stay on a regular schedule. So they decided they'd just start going down to the car wash down the street when they thought they needed a good wash. The pictures that I showed you, well, <laughs> and then you'll share in the group. Yeah. And then we'll share idea. in the hyperclean specialist group. Good idea. Hey, I'll look, marketing 101, Marty. Aren't you glad I'm on the team? God damn it. Finally. Mm. I know. Finally, I did something. Uh, it's just atrocious, right? Not only oh. was the maintenance not done at the car wash because they evidently weren't putting enough lubrication in their soap. It wasn't getting enough lubrication before the brushes were hitting it. The brushes caused an insane amount of damage. And they go, we don't use brushes. I get it. Whatever you use wasn't maintained properly. And it royally messed up this customer's car. This customer could not stay up with maintenance. And they chose this way 
to do their maintenance. And it ends up in this bad of situation. I have to, on some of it, would not come out with compound. I had to wet sand. Good, good section of it now. I didn't want to go too bad like we talked about. I stick with a 3,000. So I tried not to remove too much clear coat. But there was no other option. I, yeah, you I had could to get not get down paper. deep yeah. enough. So here we are. Now I've removed clear coat. Now I've, I've had to work this car back out. And how did we get here? What, what should we have done? What, what, could have, what could have been a different story? Yeah, but so you shared about this customer that they can't stay up with maintenance. They live other places. They have, you know, when you live in Las Vegas, you learn that a lot of people aren't going to stay here in the summer, right? They're going to come here four to five months out of the year. They're going to have other places they go, a beach house, a summer house, a this house. Great. This person and this customer have made an issue of something that isn't actually an issue in today's modern world. You can get into garages easier today than 10 years ago. You can get into somebody's house remotely for an Airbnb, you know, on somebody's phone, right? They can change the code every day if they want and just send it to you with a link and say, hey, you know, hit this and my whole house will open up. They can give you a garage door opener. They can give you a garage code. They can have you come in once a month and check on their vehicles. And it doesn't matter if they're in Italy or they're in Naples, Florida, right? Can't is much different than won't do it. These people that you're talking about have convinced themselves, we can't keep a housekeeper. Sure you could. You guys know you're flying back to Oklahoma in two weeks. You texture with enough you know, notice to your housekeeper and say, hey, we're going to be in town the 15th. Anytime between now, which is the 1st and the 15th, that you can stop by the house, give me your schedule, and we'll confirm it, and I'll let you in my house, right? It's 2022. I can monitor everything at my house. I can do 99% of things in my house on my phone. Can't is much different than won't. And this customer of yours, because of the mindset of we can't do something, has now ended up with basically an insurance claim because this much damage was done. The car got dented. The interior was never cared for. So a mindset of I can't do something is much different than won't do something. And I would say that if you sit down with this person and you say, we have customers do this all the time. It's great. You're everywhere. We'll stop by once a month. Here's the, here's the second Friday of every month. And we'll come in and we'll make sure your cars are good to go. So if you come in, you don't come in, whatever, we don't need to know your schedule. We'll just be here every second Friday of the month. It's amazing. The customers that agree to that and their car experience is on a level especially we're talking about travelers now, uh, their, their car experience is terrific. Right. All right. So if we were thinking, right. Straight suggestion, instead of saying, I can't figure out how we can, and that's for the customer, right. How the customer can figure out and how we as somebody that's going to try and service a customer, figure it out. Cause can't shouldn't be in our vocabulary. Great point. Great point. We should be able to figure out how to do it. Do you think that maybe some people don't want to do that because have you heard? I, I know I've heard if somebody set up on an every two week basis and they go, well, I haven't really used my car that much. Oh yeah. I just want to skip. Yep. Instead of just leave it, you know, right. Uh -huh. Get the service, program it like DVR and it's just set. Then you yep. don't have to worry about it. You got a subscription to having a clean car. Why mess with the subscription to save 50 bucks? Oh, yeah. This is the right. This is the heart of the American consumer, right? This is the real problem. I have a pool guy. I've had the same pool guy since I've ever owned a pool. He comes every week. I probably haven't seen this dude in years, but I've never once said, hey, man, it's windy outside. Don't come clean the pool because right after he leaves and he gets everything out of there if the wind's still blowing here in vegas the pool's going to get dirty well the problem is if i tell him to skip the chemicals could be off but also there's 
double, triple, quadruple the leaves in it already. And now all the stuff's getting infected. At least he did his best that he could do. And you know what? We'll see you next week. I'm a big believer in autopilot. Those that autopilot, they're investing with their money or their savings with their money. You know what they tend to have at the end of their life? Money. That's what the stats show. The car business is riddled with people. Like you said, they think with the $50 all the time. Well, you know, I haven't really driven it. Why should I pay you to maintain it? It's like, I don't know, because why are you thinking about a $65 maintenance detail when you run a multi-million dollar company? This should just be off your plate. But again, I think you also need to understand who those customers are so you can combat their problem to the best of your ability. And you and I talked about this earlier. Is that a personality trait that customers seem to have? Because you have these other customers, man, they're, they're picture perfect. They get up on, they, they say, hey, we'll see you every Wednesday. You never hear from them again. They just let you do your thing. Their card keeps going through or their bill keeps going through and they don't care if they drove it. They don't, they don't get involved in the minutia, but there's this other group and it doesn't seem that money is the deciding factor either. So is this just a personality trait that some people have and some people don't? And I think it'd be funny, which you're right. We did talk about that. And it'd be funny for everybody that experiences customers like this is if we took a poll or not a, an official poll, but you began to just figure out, does this person still write checks? <laughs> That's true. It, well, and the people that always ask you of how many different payment methods they can use seem to be the same person, right? They're worried for no real reason. And I always say this, there seems to be a growing number of people in the economy that think that everyone's trying to get over on them. And it's such a cancerous way to live. Why would you want to walk around and think everybody's trying to get me? Like, dude, it's not enough money for anybody to get you. I mean, how many thousands upon thousands of dollars does somebody have to charge you for something for somebody to really get over on you? Because a hundred bucks isn't getting over on somebody. Let's all be frank. Just not enough money. 500 bucks. I mean, how much is that last you know, these days? I mean, you fill up a big gas tank and you're about, you know, halfway done with it. So that's what I think this all stems from. But yeah, you're right. If they tell you they want to write a check or they tell you, hey, uh, how many different ways can I pay? Or it seems to be the same person, right? And they seem to not understand how to just automate their car situation to their advantage. And, and look, I've had a lot of people that have panned out long-term that I just continued to educate them. I got through the tough time with them. I kept going. Every time we'd have an issue, I would just bring it up. Hey, you know, we wouldn't have this issue if you did this, this, and this. You know, these are what my, all my other clients that have success with our program do. And I lay it out and, but I've had the same number that have just always been a headache and, you know, it, there's no perfect man. That's the other thing. When you get into this type of service, you're going to have great ones. You're going to have average ones. You're going to have bad ones. The same as when you polish paint, the same as when you do deep interiors, the same with everything, right? It's just the ones that are good customers are good customers, man. And there, there's no one package for maintenance, is there? Well, it's an, interesting, it's an interesting topic because we found that we could only really succeed if we kept it pretty damn consistent. We were pretty consistent that at this point in time, you either do weekly maintenance. If you do biweekly, we get there and the cars are beat up, you're going to get an extra charge because we've actively told you not to do this. And recently I took a customer on who insisted we only had to be out there once a month. I said, okay. And I got the text to prove it. I said, I just want to let you know, this has never worked. You're arguing me. It's never worked. We've never found a customer that fits. This guy has two kids, two small kids. I said, I've never seen this work. If we show up and your car is two hours worth of work, you're getting charged double. So you might as well just do every other week at that point. Guess what? We showed up. It wasn't just double. It was triple. That's how bad it got in one month. And finally, he looked at me. He goes, yeah, we'll just go weekly. 
I said, perfect. Just let, you also got to let people learn. Okay. But you can't go out there and just entertain that. I'm going to do everything the same every time it, we let people's cars get to a certain point, but you know, when it's egregious, right? You get out there and you go, this isn't regular maintenance at this point. This is you went and did something. You didn't tell me, you didn't inform me. I showed up, my schedule's all messed up. Now you're going to pay the price. And I don't have a problem doing that. I'm very straightforward. Like you guys know what you're getting into, but the only way that I found it to work was to keep that price pretty consistent. Cause if your clients start to talk to one another, and usually you'll have a pretty tight circle of five, six, seven clients that know one another, your prices get out of whack. And somebody goes, you're paying what? That that's kind of, it kind of happens a lot, a lot more than people think. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that as people journey through their car life, they really want it to be as clean as possible all the time. I think that's probably where if, if a detailer is trying to struggle through how to add on maintenance, because there's, it's been a thing through the industry. People have really questioned if they should be doing maintenance style detailing and what that means, because there's people in the industry that feel like maintenance is a borderline, a car washer, and that's not what detailers do. So, ha. Huh. So can I ask a question? So, yeah. so, so, so let me ask you a question. If everybody that washes a car is a car washer, the guy at the dealership with a polisher then is an expert polisher, right? Because you do the same thing that guy does. So it's just a silly way of looking at it. Nobody's telling anybody that a detailer should be doing $20 washes. I'm not going to ever tell people to do that. When you see Range Rovers maintained by us, I always tell people this, tell me a car wash went that where somebody hasn't driven away in an SUV and you haven't seen those water lines in the, on the back window. Okay. Or people can also see if you're sitting at a stoplight, you can see what looks like these little fingers yep. that have kind of rubbed Come all over the- a bunch of times, but they missed this one little spot in that back part of the glass. Yeah. And then you can go through the interior dust in the vents or in your case that you're going to oh, share yeah, in the group, <laughs> there was no cleaning at all, right? Because mass, most of the car washes don't really do any type of cleaning on the interior to any type of level that counts as cleaning, right? It's basically just a dirty cloth that they wipe, bulk wipe some spots and, you know, might have some armor all type substance on it, might not. Uh, they use the same cloth to clean the rims that they did. They wipe down the interior. I mean, we can all watch those processes. I'm not saying every wash, but a lot of them. And so again, because somebody holds a polisher at a dealership, that means they're the same as you, the detailer now, right? Because that's the whole thing about washing a car. Well, I'm not a car washer. Okay. So you're a detailer that polishes paint like a dealership guy. I mean, we can go on and on about these comparisons and the the thing that we've done a good job in my company of is we've just given people an elevated service. If your service is like a car wash, then you are a car wash guy, right? Just means you're mobile, but nobody would watch our process and watch us clean the barrel of rims and go to each rim individually and, 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 and use a, a, a dedicated brush to get the dirt out and the grime out and, and the brake dust and watch us with fine brushes on the interior uh, nobody would watch that and say that's what they do at car washes. And so, you know, this has kind of been your argument about the sponge on the exterior. It's a looks thing almost more than it is a functionality thing, right? It's like, that kind of looks odd, right? That kind of doesn't look like it's professional. Now, I, I don't ha- have that opinion, but I see that, you know, you can elevate anything that you do. And if you want to be a car wash guy, go be a car wash guy, but don't say somebody that maintains cars is doing car washes because that that's not really that accurate. Just like the dealership polish of paint, you would take offense to that. Well, the only difference is, is that you've elevated the way of handling a polisher. That's the only real difference. So, and I, I think a, a miss faux pas, a misnomer around maintenance detailing is a lot of times that it's got to be done. You got to be fast. 
And fast generally means sloppy. Fast generally means you going so quick that you're probably also cutting corners. And fast a lot of times also means that you're using cheap shit, right? Yep. Because I just got to quickly get this done. So I'm just going to spray this and go. As I open up the door to that Range Rover, and I'll put that photo on there too. Listen, this this lady, love her. She's a great, great person. Um, she's one of those older women that still loves to look tan. And that is something that's done by a bottle. And uh, that bottle doesn't stay on the skin. It actually gets transferred over to chairs and seats. And as her husband said, their bed is covered with her spray tan. So yeah. she's a wonderful lady, super fun. But she's got her life, right? She does things the way she wants to do it. And I need to be efficient in my cleaning. Got to be quick. Definitely means you got to be quick. But that doesn't mean that you skim. But it doesn't mean you cut corners. It actually means your process had better be, and there's that wonderful, fun word that everybody laughs at, but it's so true, dialed in. Your process actually has to be so tuned that when you open up a door to a Range Rover, and you began to look at how much is going on in there, just how many surfaces there are to clean. I think it's six. The chair alone just has three, three different yeah. types of surfaces. So when you open you got, up that- You got all kinds of crazy stuff in there. I mean, you got so, bezels, you got all kinds of crazy stuff. You got different types of plastic buttons. I mean, that's one of the, the vehicles that brought about Revive. Because just when you walk in, if you look at the door panel alone, you have different style of buttons to roll the window down. Then you have leather. Then you have black piano trim. Then you got leather. Then you got plastic on the bottom. And then you got the stuff that goes around. You got the door handle. Then you got the plastic behind the door handle. Just on that door alone. I mean, dude, we clean so many Range Rovers. I can tell you exactly what's in each one of them. I mean, hundreds of Range Rovers every month. And when you look in there and you're a chemical supplier, it's the greatest testing ground for an interior detailer that exists. Like plain and simple, because then you get to the middle and you got black piano trim, then you got rubber, plastic, you got like, you know, uh, bezels on the, on the temperature gauges, then you got all the screens and you got a leather wrapped around that. Then you got the Navi screen. I mean, you got a crazy amount of stuff in there. And like you said, she's touching. She's sitting. All this spray tan and all this makeup is everywhere. And here was a woman that said, I can't have you detail our stuff because we're out of town. You are going to share that photo and go, she has way too much money to be driving around a vehicle that the interior is in this bad of shape. But it's a mental thing. Maybe you could have communicated better, right? Let's all take <laughs> it on the line here. Maybe you could have sold her a bit better. I mean, you 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 know, I've been guilty of that myself. I could have sold things a little better. You know, we're if not. Anybody perfect. wants to know that was a bus that I just got thrown under. <laughs> hey, look, I've lost enough business in my career. I could say it about myself. Uh, maybe I could have done things a little better, but that's what we're kind of saying here, right? Is like, how do you find something that works for this person that also is highly profitable for your business, but doesn't allow a 2022 Range Rover to be talking about insurance claims and not only on the insurance claims of the person thinking she was doing the right thing by going to a car wash and the interior never being washed. Think about that. She thinks she's doing the right thing because, hey, Marty, I mean, we're not here that much. You have too much money to be in that situation. It happens every day. I mean, I shared a, a conversation. I mean, I have one lady that's in the same boat. Every reason why she doesn't get her cars detailed consistently. She's got every excuse in the book. Maybe I could have done something better. I don't know. I mean, that's the feeling out process for all of us. But you know as well as I do, when you saw that Range Rover last week, it's like, how do we get here? How did we get here? And if we're going to bash car washes, we better have a, a damn solution for the customer. And the detailing industry just doesn't do that. We bash the car wash industry, and then we don't have a replacement. And 
that's where we're missing billions of dollars. And for those of you listening, millions of dollars in your area are going into people maintaining, quote unquote, maintaining their vehicle the best way they know how. And so what do you do, Marty? I mean, do you want some of that money or don't you? I mean, we always say this. I guess people are rich enough. Yes, sir. There's no doubt. We will definitely be back there more often. And that's what I was saying. I'm glad you went that direction because it made it so much easier. If I know I've got a maintenance of vehicle, I don't want to have three or four different products to go and try and clean the inside of a car. I want to be as efficient in and out as quick as possible. And you're absolutely right. I mean, Hyperclean Revive not only cleaned up all that, it was safe on every surface inside of that vehicle. I had zero worries, no concerns whatsoever. And we quickly more easily got in and out of that vehicle on the inside with Revive. So, boy, no well, doubt. And you know what you did? You didn't leave those streaks. You know, this yeah. was the whole goal of cleanliness and, and not leaving streaks on those middle, that middle console all the way down into the cup holder is black piano trim or some type of screen. And there's nothing uglier than somebody getting into their car that hasn't started yet. And they see all these smears from your white marks or the sun hits it or whatever. I mean, that was the testing ground, just so everybody knows. I mean, that was the best testing ground we had was a bunch of different Range Rover type things that, hey, this doesn't work. We got to go back to the drawing board. We got to do it, you know, got it, got it. And then we got there. But like I said, I can't wait till you share this in specialist because I was in shock. I know you were in shock, but as somebody that doesn't know this client and doesn't know what's going on there in Tulsa, you know, seeing what some could happen to somebody's car at a wash when they never needed to be there. It's kind of a shitty thing about cars is they didn't actually need to be there. So true. So true. Nick, what a great discussion. Not too many other people could have that type of in-depth discussion about maintenance. So definitely maintenance is key, right? You maintenance got it. Is key. All right, brother. Have a great week. You too, brother. See you. See ya. Hey, this is Marshall. And as we said, you bet. Maintenance is key. You know what else is key? Optimism. Optimism in thinking and knowing that you can do something and going out and doing it. One of those that we've been hearing more and more here at the podcast, thank you for everybody that's been going to the website, submitting discussion points and wanting to talk about what they see in their local area of how they can use HyperClean products. What about you? Do you see a place that you can begin selling HyperClean? Maybe it's at a car show. Maybe it's at car clubs. Plenty of people are saying, hey, I got plenty of customers that are asking for it. Where do you see opportunity? Where do you see a vision of how you can have the next success for business? Well, whatever you see, reach out and let's have a discussion. Hey, this is Marshall, and I hope you make it a great day.